Golf Combine listeners, welcome back to Podcast 22. I'm here again with Tony. Uh, Tony, I'll keep the script as much as possible today. I won't, I won't, I won't throw in a new topic, but... You have thrown in a new topic. <laughs> yeah, you told I me have. what today's topic was, and four seconds ago you asked me to speak about something completely different. That's, that's correct. Well, we, do, we have come out of our um, monthly investment meeting, so which is help chaired by Morningstar, but what I found interesting and what I wanted to touch on before we talk about insurance claims, which will be the topic of today, um, but... Morningstar have been doing a lot of work around industry funds um, and some white papers are actually coming out. But it was actually interesting looking at the asset allocation um, of, I guess, the retail or or what's out there on the market um, compared to some of the industry funds. Um, And I want to touch on that just just to see the scary discrepancies that that happen in there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because all we're looking at here in front of us, which people can't see is basically host plus Australian super and compared to say the balance funds um, on industry asset allocation and what's quite interesting at the moment is even respect to our asset allocation our Australian equities allocation at the moment in our growth fund I think is hovering around about the eight or nine percent mark yeah Um, and because of the overvaluation and when you look at for example Host Plus is up near nearly 30%. Australian Super is up near around about 24%. And pretty much they're just matching the index. So realistically, you've got your top 10 stocks uh, in there matching the index. International equities, uh, we are certainly overweight. We're over 40%. Uh, once again... But I think that's where it comes down to trying to diversify. Well, absolutely, know, diversification. Well, hometown bias actually just doesn't work. As we know, if you have a look at the Australian stock market in 2008... Uh, the top 10 compared to 2018, it's virtually a mirror image of what there actually was. And if you have a look at uh, just basically the index over that period of time, we've only just broken where we were in our record highs of just prior to the GFC in 2008. So if you compare that to world markets, we've considerably underperformed over the last decades. So to have such a bias in what I regard as a very boring market. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, now let's get into the scary part. Now, yeah. we're, 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 I guess equities we can see in, but let's get to where the scary part of the asset allocation is and where, I guess, 40% of the portfolio for, let's pick on Host Plus, um, but let's look at 40% of the pol- portfolio and let's talk about their unlisted property, their cash, and then what they're classifying as other. Well, I, I think there's, you throw something else in there too as well. For example, unlisted property of Host Plus, is hovering at 15%. Unlisted property means you can't just sell out of it. That's owning actual bricks and mortar. And when there's no revaluations done on those on a regular basis, what valuation are you actually putting to that? And then the other, as was very politely described to us today, it's a mystery box. Because when you've got the largest researcher in the world can't work out what that 25% holding is, uh, in other assets, is it directive infrastructure, etc.? They got one percent cash. Yeah. How do you have a balance fund holding one percent cash, and no international bonds and no Australian bonds, and a chunk of unlisted property? So basically, they've got fifty percent of unlisted property and other investments, which is that mystery box, and that 
I mean, when it comes to transparency, that's, you know, as, as much smoke and mirrors as I've ever seen in this industry over 28 years. And, you know, Australian super aren't much better. They're a lot bigger, uh, have to have that diversification. I but guess, the, and they're mandated, we, when going back to the equities, they're mandated to have a certain portion allocated to Australian equities. Um, and that's not going to change anytime soon. No, absolutely not. It's their strategic asset allocation. But it just concerns me that people aren't comparing apples with apples. So when we do have those adverts of competitive pair, it's not just based on returns because if you're going to have a look at Host Plus's balance fund and say it's the best performing balance fund in Australia, but then compare its asset allocation, it's a growth fund. You might as well compare it to Vanguard's high growth growth, uh, index fund. Uh, which has outperformed it year in, year out by about 3% per annum. So, you know, that's the actual comparison that it should be against where that shows that it's actually a, a real underperformer. But is that 25% in other assets is very, very scary to me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on from investments. We, we touched on it last week, but I, just coming out of that meeting, um, and, and I guess when we're looking at our funds, it was just very interesting to see those those asset allocations, um, and there will be some information out soon by Morningstar, so that will sort of head out to our clients as well, just to just to give a bit of information so people can get a bit of knowledge themselves. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's talk insurance claims. Um, it's been, as we've touched on in previous podcasts, it's, it's been a bit of a disaster year for Kofka and Bond, um, and just, or not, not for us, but our clients um, and the struggles that some of them have gone through. Um, I guess the importance of having the support at those times um, and the importance of having that correct insurance at those times. It's interesting. We have done a couple of reviews recently with clients where we have um, looked at their, their assets and liabilities position. Their liabilities are decreased. So in line with that, their insurances should also be decreasing as well. But because of the amount of claims that we have had and, Specifically, we're talking younger people. We're talking, you know, people my age or younger, you know, 50 or less. Uh, we had a 43-year-old, you know, mum of three uh, just several months ago uh, pass away of bowel cancer. Yep. The, one of the healthiest people you could actually meet. You know, the non-smoker, non-drinker always kept, uh, you know, very low BMI, you know, healthy diet. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't have wanted a more healthy lifestyle, you know, passing away. And... And these are the things where, with these clients of recent times, we've actually said, before we reduce your sum insured, I actually want you to go and have a full medical, um, just to make sure that they are okay. So we're reducing their sums insured because you only have as much insurance as you actually require, of course. Uh, There's no use having more than that. But it's actually just been really scary. All of that, what's also been interesting too, is that the... I can't think of any of our claims that we've had in the last two years where they've actually been smokers. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, been smokers for a number of years and then quit. Um, but, and I'm not suggesting take up smoking, obviously, but what I, you know, we, we are becoming a healthier uh, country by virtue. We're meant to become healthier by virtue of, uh, you know, eating whole foods and understanding what's good and what's bad and, you know, having a healthier lifestyle that, you know, 70s Australian lifestyle probably wasn't as healthy as what it was today. But what I'm wondering is, you know, back then we were eating raw tomatoes from the garden yeah. uh, rather than processed uh, from a farm and everything sprayed. So I, I don't know, that's my conspiracy theory, but it's <laughs> it's been... It's been it's been a horrible period for us emotionally, not not in respect of as a company, but when we're doing these claims for people, it is during the most traumatic period of their life. And 
I suppose there's two components I'll touch on there, Jamie, where uh, interrupt me if I'm going off track here. But we do claims, obviously, for our existing clients, uh, as and when required. Um, and we do get a lot of people referred to us where claims have actually been knocked back by insurance companies. These are, these are usually through industry funds um, or group life insurance where the claim has actually been knocked back by the insurer. Once again, if we take on that claim, we have had, even with, with our own clients, a 100% success rate of $44 million worth of claims actually paid out. And I think what's important is that... Um, Insurance is, if you have to claim on your insurance or your estate has to claim on your insurance, it is during the most traumatic period that you will go through with maybe, uh, well, you know, uh, even more traumatic than uh, going through a divorce. Yeah, it's, and that's probably what yeah. I wanted to highlight. When you're talking about claims either by our clients or people that are coming in um, as they've been knocked back, I think that really highlights the value, I, I guess, the service that we provide, especially, say, to our clients because um, they have that relationship with us. You're going through that traumatic time, um, but to have someone talking to that insurer because there is always going to be pushback from their insurer. Like, yes, their job is to sit there and, and, and pay that claim, but at, at first point, they're going to try and push back a little bit. Well, I, I don't know if pushback is the correct word. Yeah. I would actually suggest they will look very. They will yeah, look at yeah, the yeah. definitions and does the claim fall within the definitions. So an example of that, as you know, and I'm, sorry, I'm more talking group insurance here. Oh, group so insurance. I'm, group insurance is very different. Group insurance, it's um, you know we, we've had death claims knocked back. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, you can't deny the guy is dead. No, so but we've had uh, death claims knocked back and they've come to us and we've had them successfully paid out. Um, now, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, knock back a definition of you're either dead or you're not dead. Um, yeah, so it's um, pretty clear cut, all right. So I think, I think the concern is that it, within the definitions, but once again, it then comes back to that there are three types of insurance out there. As I've always said, there is the retail insurance, which is sometimes the cheapest form, interestingly enough. There's the direct insurance, which is most likely the most expensive insurance, and I regard as junk insurance. Uh, it's the stuff you can buy off the television. Then, of course, there's a group life insurance where comes to claim time, you're always in a fight. Now, if you're going through an emotional traumatic period because you can't work due to an accident or an illness, you're not in the right frame of mind, neither is your, or your estate in the right frame of mind of understanding your rights and being able to make that claim. Insurance in companies are there for one specific pur purpose, and that is to pay out legitimate claims at points of claim. As I said, we've never had an issue with any of the insurance we've put in place, but we've had many fights on behalf of other clients where we've had those claims successfully paid out. And we do it uh, for people who aren't our clients, obviously, far cheaper than the piranhas or some of those law firms out there yeah, taking, charging taking, 25 and 30 percent it's yeah, just ludicrous it is ludicrous um so with that claims process i think even as well is um making a client understand how much i guess will it will it know office has been going through an ip claim at the moment um, yeah. and for self-employed people it's a lot different to a salaried employee so yeah. you know for me i have my pay slips i hand in my pay slips that's how much i'm making 
Um, but when you've got an IP claim for a business owner and they've got multiple businesses or and it's coming through trial, they need to go through that paperwork and it can be a frustrating time for clients. Um, Absolutely. And that's why I think it's important to have that support going through a claim, especially on IP, to, to have someone with that continual follow-up, working with their accountants. Um, and, you know, it is frustrating, but it's a lot smoother process that way. Oh, so you try to go direct to an industry fund on that claim. You haven't got a hope in that no. being paid out. First of all, it's an indemnity contract. Yeah. It's not agreed value. Uh, they will go through, you know, any good accountants will have you as a self-employed person paying the absolute minimal tax that you have to pay by law. Um, and that's their job and that's what you pay them for. So sometimes the income... Uh, that you believe you earn compared to the income that you're seeing on your tax return due to trust distributions, etc., and distribution to family members is vastly different. So an industry fund indemnity contract is just going to turn around and say, well, first of all, you have to be totally and permanently disabled for that entire 90-day period. Yep. Were you? Well, the answer is no, you're only partially disabled because you're a self-employed business person. You're still turning up to work and doing something. Your income has dropped, so what we have to do on an agreed value contract is show the insurer uh, that justification of where the income has dropped and why has it dropped due to that accident or illness, and the insurer will then pick up the slack from there. So under the indemnity contracts, different. If you're a salaried employee like you are, the example you just gave, indemnity contract is fine yep. uh, because it's easy to show what your income was just based on your pay slips. Your income doesn't. Uh, vary from month to month or year to year. But even the price difference... Well, you between, hope it varies year to year. You want yeah, a pay it, rise every year, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I think <laughs> so that's, um, the problem is you want that security as well. So even looking at an agreed contract, I have an agreed contract myself um, just for that security to say, well, this is my this is my income at the moment. Um, and if there's any time periods off or anything like that, I don't want it being stripped back due to that indemnity contract. Correct, yeah. Um, so that's important to know at claim time too. So it's, I guess... Especially being an injury-prone football. <laughs> yeah. So it's about... I guess it's about... Um, the client understanding the policies at the start, but also being there at the end. And when we're talking about claims, being able to guide them through that process, um, being able to just fill out that paperwork. Sometimes, you know, if you're going through a traumatic period in your time, you don't want to be sitting there filling out a 30-page document of, of, of your name, your bank, your details. Or arguing with a doctor. No, exactly No, right. so, I mean, we had one instant uh, recently where the doctor said, uh, it was a terminal illness insurance claim, and the doctor said, uh, have 12 to 18 months. Now, under the terminal insurance, it was a case of that they had to be given 12 months or less to live. So from the insurance company's perspective is, you've noticed the doctor has said, it says 12 to 18 months. Went back to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm more comfortable in doing that. And the case was is that, so what you're saying is in six months' time, we have to come back and fill out this paperwork again, and where you'll say now, yes, less than 12 months. Yeah. From the insurance company's perspective, th they are happy if you say 12 months because you said 12 to 18. And we had to go back, and we had to go back and forth with that doctor and that doctor's office for the doctor to finally say two months later, yeah, you know, guess what? There's another lesion being grown on his brain. Yeah. I will now give less than 12 months. And... That, that is traumatic. That's not even got to do with the insurance company. Well, the insurance That's traumatic in regards to the client sitting there about to get his, his brain operated on again, uh, his family not knowing what's going to happen, and the doctor arguing over the space of six months on insurance application that the insurance company know, I guarantee, they're going to have to be paid out yeah. sometime in the very near future. And that's the good thing, I guess, when you're talking about retail policies as well, is the insurer actually works with you. 
time. Correct. Right? And That's they right. actually give you guide. There's that guidance to say, okay, we actually need this from the doctor. We believe that it is. Just get them to write this. Yep. Um, and we can accept that. Well, in, in this case, the insurer, the insurer knew they'll be paying out a claim. Yeah. Whether they're paying out a claim now, six months' time, or 12 months' time, uh, wasn't the issue for them. They know the claim is being paid. Yep. The insurers are actually do show a lot of empathy and are actually are very sympathetic there because from that perspective they're dealing with us and they know we're dealing with a real human yeah. and uh, you know so in respect to the claims we've done with the insurers they've been tremendous on that but when you're dealing with the group life and you've got some person on the other end of the line basically it's just a number to them and the, the classic was with um, uh, the young fella who you know died of a drug overdose um, and the insurer just said to the family, well, no, we're not paying out. Uh, they had no right to knock that back. Now, that was a group life. It was rest, was it, I think? One or, them, yeah, right. one of them. So it was, um, and we actually went after that, and we got, the, their family were about to walk away with 20000 They walked away 420000 They just had to wait three months longer, and we, we had a fight with them, the group life insurer, and on behalf of that actually won. Yep. on behalf of the client and that's that's the difference is that the client didn't know they've just buried their son yeah under tragic circumstances they're not going to sit there and argue because they don't know what to argue and whether the insurer was right we looked at that and we knew the insurer was in the wrong yep. um and that's the part where you can't the saddest part about insurance is that if there is a claim it means the family is going to go through a traumatic event now that a traumatic, we've had instances where we've had a gentleman, you know, paid out half a million dollars for prostate cancer. Five years later, he's healthier than he ever was prior to that. Uh, we've had a client paid out on breast cancer, uh, which you know, an early onset of Alzheimer's, uh, which once again they were paid out by the insurers under the trauma insurance without any questions asked done, paid out, um, etc. They're, they're the examples, but we've had other examples too where, you know, one of my dearest friends and, you know, he was buried in June, 49 years old, 10 months after he had a headache. He yeah. went to a hospital with a massive headache and, you know, he's, he's no longer with us 10 months later. They're, they're the things that if the family had to try and do that themselves, where do they actually turn? And as much as, as you know, Jamie, with me, I basically had to take a couple of days off after that because I just really, it hit us emotionally as well. But that's what we're here for and that's what our job is to do. Yeah, that's correct. And, and we, you know, we have a lot of... You don't lose a partner on the Friday and just turn up to work on Monday and life's, life's normal. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Tony, thank you. It's been a bit of a morbid topic. Um, we'll get something more exciting next week, but we did want to touch on this. Yeah. Um, so thank you for your time and we'll catch up next week. Thank you, everyone.